and welcome to Talking Aussie Books, a weekly podcast bringing readers and writers of Australian fiction together. I'm Claudine Tanellis. As an avid reader and passionate advocate for Australian fiction, I make it my mission to spotlight local talent. So if you're looking for your next read or simply want to learn more about the Australian literary scene, this podcast is for you. Grab yourself a cuppa, sit back and relax. In 2013, a book called Stolen was first published by British-Australian writer, teacher and academic Lucy Christopher. An award-winning YA novel, Stolen is the story of 16-year-old Gemma Toombs, who is kidnapped from Bangkok Airport and held captive in the Australian outback by her captor, Ty McFarlane. His plan had been years in the making, a last-ditch attempt to force Gemma to love him as he loved her, but with devastating and lifelong consequences. This year, the long-awaited companion to this gripping story was published by Text Publishing. Called Release, this story explores Gemma's journey as an adult survivor to discover the truth about her complicated relationship with Ty. A gripping psychological thriller come courtroom drama that had me utterly hooked from the first page to the very last. A must-read for fans of this genre, and so it gives me great pleasure to welcome Lucy to the podcast today. Hi, Lucy. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you. It's so lovely to have you. Wow, this book, it's been a long time between stolen and release, and I know that you've published other books since, but I wanted to ask you, had you always intended to write more of Gemma's story after stolen? Yes, that's a very good question. And I think when I first finished, well, stolen was my first novel that I ever wrote. And uh, after finishing that book, I was, I was just like, never maybe I'll never write again I've written my book I've really put everything I had into that book Um, and the way that Stolen ended I don't want to give that away but it leaves a lot of questions and it leaves a a bit of ambiguity and and I kind of like as you may have noticed I kind of like books that end asking something from the reader asking them to think about things and to find their own sort of resolution in the story so I didn't think necessarily that there would be another book Um, and there was also a practical issue so Stolen was published as a young adult book Mm -hmm. Um, Gemma is uh, 16 turning 17 the way that the novel ends it would be very difficult to write another young adult book connected to to stolen yeah fantastic now as I should I should point out that release can be read as a standalone and was written as such wasn't it yes that's right so I wanted to write a book that uh, you didn't have to have any prior knowledge of stolen whatsoever it would be a book that yes it takes some of the themes and some of the issues of stolen but in a completely different way and in a different perspective and with the the hindsight of everything that has happened over the last sort of 10 years or so between between those book so it's a, it's a novel heavily influenced by the Me Too movement and how um, our thinking has shifted over issues of um, coercive control in particular. Lucy I wanted to ask you was it difficult for you to come back to Gemma and Ty after all of this time? No it wasn't actually it was it was gratifyingly easy to come back to them and I think that's because they never really left and both on a a sort of practical note I have I still have readers finding stolen for the first time and emailing me and saying this is what I think happens at the end and lots of questions about it Uh, and so it never really left my mind it also got optioned for films twice in which in, in which I was involved in the script writing process so it was something that was always still present in that that 10 years or so between the books so coming back to them 
them was quite easy in some ways. But yes, coming back to them with them being changed was a little bit more emotionally difficult because they've been damaged by by what's happened. Indeed. So if I could ask you, what inspired you to write Stolen in the first place? Good question. Stolen, I think, again, was a book that had a long time coming. I grew up between the UK and Australia, and I always have. I've had one parent in the UK, one parent in Australia. I attended school in both. I attended university in both. I've got dual passport. And I've always had this very complicated relationship with Australian land, like both loving it and also being really scared of it and desperately wanting to be a part of it and yet also feeling aside from it. And and so it came from me wanting to explore the land really like it didn't come from thinking about um coercive control or Stockholm syndrome or anything like that it came from me wanting to write about a young woman and her complicated feelings towards an Australian a remote Australian place oh fascinating so um coincidentally or maybe not like Gemma you returned to the UK for some time after being in Australia and then when release was in the process of being published you moved back to Australia (laughs) And we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Is that poetic symmetry, life imitating art, or was it just serendipity? I think life always imitates art and art always imitates life. And I always think that I write the book that uh, my brain and my soul is is wrestling with in some way. So every book I write sort of is about some part of my journey. So yes, it's definitely involved. And also the idea that I've come back to Australia, a place uh, where I I once absolutely 100% would have said, yes, I'm Australian. I'm really proud of being Australian. I I love the bush. And yet being away for, for, for over 10 years and returning and having a different relationship and suddenly not getting all the references and and not being as comfortable in the place it was yeah that was that was something I was wrestling with. Okay Lucy so for those who haven't yet read Release can you tell me a little bit more about the story? Sure so it's uh, about a woman called Kate Stone who had a different name originally it sort of starts with Kate receiving a notification letter And in that notification letter, she is informed of the release of a man called Tyler McFarlane. And Tyler McFarlane kidnapped her when she was a teenager and held her in the Australian desert for a good few months. And this is the story where she tries to come to terms with how she feels about that man and that experience and uh, tries to work out how she can deal with that continuing form of control that he has even though he's been in prison for the past 10 years Um, and she eventually decides to return to to be there when he is released from prison. You mentioned it before but there's a lot of references to Stockholm Syndrome in this book and it's hard not to think of Gemma or Kate's experiences without thinking about this condition. Kate can't get Ty out of her head. She sees him everywhere and his impending release from prison drives her to distraction. This event sees her lie to her parents and fly to the other side of the world to see him. Despite years of therapy, she can't move forward with her life. I wondered how you got inside Kate's head, how you wrote her story very carefully and also quite slowly I mean I wanted there to be a big amount of time before I approached this book partly for myself to develop as a writer but also it took 
time to 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 do that justice because um i'm writing about something that's um really important really delicate and something that I have not been kidnapped myself. So it's not an experience that I've had myself. So I went about it through lots of different research methods. So first, the first thing I did was I found everything that I could possibly find um, from victims who had written about their experience um, of Stockholm Syndrome. And that include, included all sorts of memoirs and, um, and also papers around that and information from psychologists too. I also did something which in hindsight is, is I can't believe that I did this, but I volunteered for a psychological charity that, that worked with the perpetrators of abuse. So it worked with, um, they were all men, all the men who um, had perpetrated something, whether it was um, emotional or physical abuse, and wanted to change. And it was about how can these, how can these men through various talking methodologies and psychological programs can they move forward and how can they move forward and it was that was actually fascinating because seeing these these guys that you'd you'd be working with them in session and and they'd be saying the most awful things and and um, you'd be thinking oh gosh you know how can I be talking with this guy and then a minute later you'd be in the tea room with them and and relating to them like a like just someone having a cup of tea and and just seeing that sort of duality of of people who have done something bad but who also have a a life that they're living in the present and how that how can they square that how can they move forward with that that was quite fascinating to try and understand um Ty's point of view in that in that novel that is fascinating indeed my god you really (laughs) did try and see it from both sides of the coin so to speak yeah because I did wrestle at one point with possibly having um Ty's viewpoint in the story Mm. I did think about that I thought about telling the story in third person and going between the viewpoints so I did quite a lot of research into into Ty but at the end of the day I wanted this to be a novel that was Gemma's story and Gemma's truth and well Kate's truth in in release and her narrative and I didn't want Ty to control the narrative as well as her mind so Gemma had to control or Kate she has two names she used to be called Gemma she's now called Kate Um, she had to control the narrative. From everything I've read about Gemma and Ty's relationship in Stolen it's clear that when they meet again Gemma is still confused about her feelings for Ty she doesn't know what she wants from him. She hates him for ruining her life, but she still looks for the man he once was to her. And I think that you conveyed so aptly the blurred lines of this impossible scenario. So can you tell me a little bit more about that and these complex feelings on both sides? Why was it important for you to talk about this in the context of this novel? Yeah, it was important. And that's that really complex emotion of um, a series of emotions of both hating someone but also still loving someone is is something that came up a lot in in the research that I was doing um, and a lot particularly in um, in some of the memoirs that I was reading of, of girls who were kidnapped for a really long time and who actually didn't want their kidnapper to to die or was really upset when they did die and even went to their funerals and sent flowers and and to acknowledge that nothing 
nothing is ever straightforward like even in if we dial back to a, a more sort of not so intense relationship between two people there are always feelings of love and hate and control and sacrifice interwoven in those relationships no matter how fair and just and and even those relationship power balances are that there is control you can't avoid it it is in every relationship we have we just don't necessarily notice it uh, at those sort of very subtle levels so it was really important that it wasn't just Gemma hating Ty or wanting revenge she had to also still love him and still be wrestling with that feeling too it's not a, thinking about this story and how she tries to move on it's not a simple proposition for Gemma is it no and and again something that I thought a lot about and, and came up in my research is is that question of is it even possible to move on or do you just move to a different place so a different way where you um, can somehow accept what happened in the past and take bits from it in order to to move to a different place it's not about completely disregarding everything that happened and then moving with a clean slate I don't think that's very easy at all for 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 most people in this situation yeah I mean because her mother certainly expects her both her parents in in many ways kind of just expected her to forget about that part of her life it happened everyone knew it happened and it was you know it was a big deal I mean she was quite famous for a while um she was that girl so it was very difficult for her to just pretend like it never happened like her parents asked her to yeah absolutely and 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 because she was so famous and because this incident that happened to her was so traumatizing yet also developing of her it's if she was to completely um disregard it all that would be disregarding pieces of herself as well and and denying a whole period of her life and herself that that existed then so she needs to somehow take ownership of that and move forward in her controlling that really. So that's why, again, it's written in that very controlling style of that very intense narration in the book. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, both of these books, Stolen and Release, were partly set in the Australian desert, as you mentioned before, somewhere north of Perth, I imagined. As much as Gemma or Kate had complex feelings for Ty, she also had complex feelings for the place that she was held all those months. And these scenes were written so evocatively, the heat, the dust, the colour of the sand, the treacherous wildlife. So I wanted to ask you, why the outback? What was it about this landscape that made you want to write about it? Uh, I love the outback. I absolutely love it. And I've been obsessed with it for a really long time. <laughs> In fact, the very first novel I tried to write when I was a teenager was this big, sprawling, dystopian epic set in the middle of the desert, um, which I'd never finished and is still in a drawer somewhere, never to see the light of day. Um, but I've been trying to write about the desert ever since I was a teenager. And, and I remember going to the desert for the first time with my mum when I was about 14 and on quite a touristy trip. Like we went to Uluru, we rode a camel, we you know, did all of the tourist things. Um, and yet, despite that, there was something that really connected with me. And I think it was something to do with the fact that I already had this complicated relationship with Australian land. I loved it, but I was scared of it. And then suddenly I was in this new part of Australian land that was even more scary and yet even more beautiful and, and confusing and stunning and 
amazing. So I did want to write about that sort of extreme. It also is it's extreme environment. So it, it enabled me to write about that extreme sort of relationship to the sort of love, hate, fear, capture. It's sort of the setting worked really well with the with the emotional themes as well. Yeah, uh, indeed it did. I want to talk about the structure of this book a little bit. It goes backwards and forwards in time. There's the present. It consists of scenes from the Supreme Court proceedings in Perth. And then we have the past, the countdown to Ty's release. And then after that, why did you choose this structure? Was it a conscious decision or the way the story tumbled out of you? That's a really good question. I think the story tumbled out of me more in the scenes where we're with Gemma in London. I remember writing those ones quite quickly, quite easily, and I always knew she would be getting to Australia. So I think those scenes tumbled out of me quite quickly. And yet I also quite like, I started playing with the courtroom idea uh, when I went back to look at Stolen, and I hadn't actually read Stolen in, in its entirety since I since I published it so that was quite interesting going back to Stolen and then finishing that book and going oh okay I want to start in the courtroom where Stolen ended and I almost wanted there to be a little bit of a blurring so people who have read Stolen might not necessarily know straight away whether they were in the same court case originally or if they were in a new court case. So interesting because we were talking about this before we started recording so I hadn't read I haven't read Stolen and so I came to this book completely unprepared for what was going to unfold. And it would be interesting. I'm so desperate now to go back and read Stolen because I want to understand what brought both of them to this point in their lives. But do you have a preference for the way people read them? I really want people to do both. So <laughs> I really love the idea that some people will read Stolen first and then approach release in hindsight with everything they know about Gemma and Stolen. And that some people do the, exactly the opposite and really read release and then go back to see Gemma in the past. And, and ideally in my fantasy uh, idea of how people will read this, these books is then they will have a lovely chat over some tea and cake and discuss their different readings of the books yeah here's the academic in me speaking and I also understand obviously not having read Stolen I understand that that was written as a letter from Gemma to Ty and in release it's as you said it's first person but it's almost as if she's talking to Ty the entire time it's through her point of view it's everything that she sees and feels and we even get his words filtered through her was that the way you wanted us to learn about her story yeah that definitely was so I wanted to bring the narrative as close as I possibly could to Gemma and to Ty uh, and I wanted I wanted to play with that idea of control. So first of all, the idea that Ty is still controlling her, even though he's been in prison 10 years, because he's now become part of her and he's in her head and she narrates the world to him as she's experiencing it. And in some ways, until that, she can find a way to make that stop. She He is always going to be controlling her life. Um, but then I also, by, by Gemma talking to Ty and sort of, completely narrating his story she's also controlling him in this Mm. book where she's not a reliable narrator actually Mm. um so how she sees him is maybe not necessarily how he would be objectively seen by by a third person narrator indeed and we 
absolutely get the sense that she's not entirely reliable in her perception of how things are because I think he even questions the way that she remembers things. But I guess we also have to remember that when all of that happened to her, she was very young. Yeah, absolutely. And and memory works strange. We we um, are hardwired as humans to think of our memory in terms of a story, like our story, in which we're the we're the protagonist of that story, we're the hero of that story. And so the way that we remember events will be really different to how the next person remembers an event when they were the protagonist of that their story. Um, so I'm sort of playing with that a little bit, like the idea that of course, memory is not reliable. And, and how can you ever find an accurate truth from just dealing with, with memory? It's, it's always mm. subjective and it's always um, influenced by, by yeah, people controlling the narrative. Something that you said just then reminded me of something in the book, a confrontation between Gemma and Ty, if you will, where she says to him, he ruined her life. But he says to her that she ruined his as well. It was such an interesting observation of the effect that each of them had on the other. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, this was a uh, this was an area where I wasn't sure how far to, to to go into when I was writing it, and I'm sure it was influenced by my time with these with these with these guys, these perpetrators of abuse that we were working with, and and it's something that you don't hear. Um, very often from the from the perpetrators or, or from the people who 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 give the crime they're not allowed to feel like this they're not allowed to feel that what they did and what happened ruined their life as well as the victim's life it's something that's taboo really we don't want to think about about um, or, or we would think about it in terms of well yeah good it should have been ruined um, but I'm interested in 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 yeah how like I said before how people move forward from that on both sides really is that it can it can he ever move away from that I don't know Mm, yeah I don't know either but it was such an interesting comment that made me sit up and go oh yeah you know and you really do think about the impact of crime on the perpetrator and I think this is such a I mean the book is I hope it's it's not uh, black and white. It's quite grey. There's lots of nuances in it, and I hope I'm sort of inviting those questions of the reader as well to think about how complicated any issue of relationship is, let alone one that involves uh, all of the all of the things that this one involves. Lucy, I understand you teach creative writing at the University of Tasmania, and as such, especially given your writing experience, if you had any tips for the many writers who listen to this podcast. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's um, lovely teaching creative writing and it's really lovely doing so in the University of Tasmania, which is such a hotbed of creative talent. Like, wow, Tasmania has so many fantastic writers. But things that I would say to my students, the thing that comes up the most is the idea of having um, courage and bravery because it's it's really scary when you're stuck in the middle of a story, whether that be a whole 80,000 word novel or a 3000 word short story. And having that um, faith to jump, keep jumping into the unknown and to just trust that you will get to the end. And yeah, it's okay that it's a mess to begin with. You will be able to edit it. You will see the structure of it. So it's about being brave, but also being sort of quietly hopeful as well. Like Mm. you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, And not taking too long, like not taking too, too, I mean, not, you know, not, not being worried about how long it's taking, just the process 
process takes however long it takes sometimes it's really quick sometimes it takes lifetimes and that's okay Lucy if there was one thing that you wanted readers to take away from this novel what would it be I would like them to think about the issues of control in all of their lives so not just in extreme relationships and extreme forms of abusive relationships but to think about how control manifests in the the relationships you have at home uh, in the family interestingly how we uh, negotiate issues of control with our pets I think is a really interesting thing Um, and also with the with the environment because something that I'm sort of trying to just subtly put into readers minds is this idea that do we love an environment when we can feel we can control it and when we can't control it do we not like that environment and how damaging that might be to to the safety and protection of that environment. Lucy are you working on something else at the moment? I am I am working on another book for adults it's still very tentative so I don't want to squash it by talking about it too much but it's set in Tasmania it's got something to do with the ocean <laughs> and I'm also when I when I can't when I get stuck with that one I am also working on a book for young people as well so I've got two things in the pipeline but they're both in their sort of infancy where you just got to give them lots of love and praise at this moment <laughs> I love that idea giving them love and praise yeah completely because it would be very easy to squash those ideas lucy if listeners wanted to learn more about you and your books where can they find you they could find me on my website which is www.lucychristopher.com very unoriginal (laughs) or um, on the text website there's some nice stuff there's some some great resources about release and up there as well so also you can find me at the university of tasmania if they'd like to to come along and hear me talk about creative writing lucy i absolutely loved release and i'm now adding stolen to my out of control tbr pile Thank you so very much for joining me on Talking Aussie Books today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight. That's a wrap, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please drop me a line via my webpage at claudinetanellis.com, via Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Alternatively, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Until next time, happy reading.